0: you're listening to the My Sleeping Baby podcast, which is all about baby and child sleep. I'm so excited to teach you how you can get your little one sleeping so that you can sleep too and enjoy parenthood to its fullest. I'm Eva Klein, your resident sleep expert, mom of three, founder of the Sleep Bible online coaching program, and lover of all things sleep and motherhood. If you're looking for tangible solutions for your little one's sleep woes, or you simply want to learn more, this podcast is for you. For more information, check out mysleepingbaby.com and you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at mysleepingbaby. All right. The fallback time change is coming here very, very soon, which is probably or most certainly the most annoying day for all parents of babies and young children. Why? Because the fallback time change basically means that your little one's 6.30 wake up becomes 5.30. Or maybe it means that your little one's 5.30 wake up, which is already flipping early to begin with, now becomes 4.30. And this can cause a lot of people to really start to panic. And honestly, I don't blame you if you're totally freaking out about this, because as it is, I am not a morning person to begin with. And if my morning has to become a full hour earlier, all of this, all because of this completely barbaric, out-of-date practice, that's incredibly frustrating. So let's talk through an action plan so that you know what to do when daylight savings comes so that you can get your little one back on track and back onto their normal, regular schedule as quickly as possible, okay? So step number one is if you haven't already done so, make sure that you've got heavy-duty blackout blinds in your little one's room because we don't want any peep any little tiny teensy weensy bit of natural light coming through your little one's windows, potentially waking them up prematurely. We want to make sure that your little one's sleep environment is as conducive to good quality sleep as possible. and Ensuring that that room is like a nine out of 10 in terms of darkness, 10 out of 10 being pitch, pitch black, is going to be incredibly important here. So step number two, and this is obviously the meat of it, right? Is that when the fallback time change hits and your little one wakes up at 5.30 or 6am new time and you're going, oh, this is so early, what you need to do is you need to make a concerted effort over the next few days to inch your little one's schedule later back to their pre-time change schedule. And so this is how you do it, right? So let's say you have a six-month-old who usually wakes up for the day at 6.30 and then naps around 8.30 for their first nap. So what you're going to do is you're going to shift that entire schedule later, starting with the timing of the morning nap. So your little one who usually wakes up at 6.30, the time change hits, and now 6.30 has become 5.30. Right, And so if they're usually up for two hours before that first nap, instead, what I'm going to tell you to do is as follows. So number one, make sure to not get your little one and start their day until at least 6 a.m. And the reason for that is because we don't want to be reinforcing an early rising problem by simply getting them up at 530. We need to rejig their biological clock so that they can learn to sleep in later again, right? So don't get them before six. And then from there, don't put her down for her first nap. At 7:30, even though she was up at 5:30. You might be thinking, well, she can only be up for a couple hours before she's gonna get tired. And she was up at 5:30. And so I gotta get her down for that nap at 7:30. Don't do that because what that's going to do is it's going to reinforce the early, reinforce the early wake up and get her onto a schedule, a very early to rise early to bed, early to rise again cycle that you don't want. And so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to force that morning nap till about 8 a.m. on the first day. Yes, she's going to be tired. And yes, we're breaking that wake window rule that everyone knows that I hold so, so uh, strongly by, but this is one of the, this is literally one of the only exceptions to the wake window rule, which is when we're dealing with an early rising problem. You're going to want to force that nap to 8 AM so that this way, the rest of the naps can start a little bit later and end a little bit later, and then you're not going to be stuck doing a 5pm bedtime. And so each day, you're going to want to try and force that morning nap later and later, until you get back to that normal 830 or nine o'clock time. Now you're not stretching out your little one's naps throughout the rest of the day. You're only going to do this with the morning nap. And the reason for this is because the morning nap is the easiest one out of all of them. And there is the most amount of external sleep pressure before the morning nap. And so it's the nap that you can usually get away with stretching your little one out even a little bit and not having it backfire in the form of a short, crappy cat nap. So this is only what you're going to do with the morning nap. Use your little one's proper wake windows to Calculate the timing of their next nap. You're not going to stretch them out before bedtime. You're not going to stretch your little one out before the second nap because that will likely backfire. Okay. So that's what you do when you have a baby that's napping at least twice, right? You're going to shift the whole schedule later, starting with the timing of that morning nap. But What about if you have a baby who's only napping once? Let's say you have an 18-month-old or a 20-month-old, and they're usually up for the day around, say, 6.30, and he then goes down for his nap around, let's say, I don't know, 12.30 or 1.00, right? So. Very similar situation, right? He's going to wake up at 5.30 new time, right? Because remember, 6.30 now became 5.30. And so by 11.30, he's likely going to be tired for his nap because 11.30 was 12.30 yesterday, which was his regular nap time, right? And so it's going to be tempting for you to try getting him down for a nap at 11.30. Don't do it. Because as I said, it's the same thing. It's going to reinforce the early rising problem and it's going to get you on a vicious early to rise, early to bed, early to rise cycle. And so in that scenario, I would tell you, try pushing him until noon, new time, which was say one o'clock previous time. So you're only stretching him out a little bit and then fingers crossed, he'll give you a really solid nap from say, you know, 12 until 2.30. And then you'll have to do bedtime a little bit earlier to avoid him being overtired before bedtime. And then what you're going to want to do is Inch the timing of that nap later again. So maybe the next day, maybe by Monday, you'll try napping him at 1215. And then you'll try napping him again the following day around 12:15, 12:30, 1245 the following day, so that this way you can get him back on his pre-fallback time change schedule simply by shifting the timing of that nap later. So the biggest mistake that I find that people make after the time change hits is that they are continuing to put their little one down for these very early naps, which is just going to reinforce the cycle. So that's how you get out of it. You just continuously bump those nap times later so that you can bump bedtime later without him getting overtired in the process. So a later nap is going to get you a later bedtime, which will eventually give you a later wake up. Now, a lot of people usually ask me my thoughts on whether or not it's worthwhile to try spending, say, a week up to the fallback time change to inch your little one's schedule later. And so usually what they're referring to is the process of getting your little one on a later than normal schedule the week prior to the fallback time change so that when the fallback time change hits and your little one is waking up at 7.30 or 8 o'clock for the day, then it just simply becomes 6.30 or 7, which isn't as bad. And so my response Response is as follows. In theory, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to try giving that a try and spend the week prior to the fallback time change trying to get your little one on a later schedule, you can totally do that. The reason why I'm not the biggest advocate of that strategy is because I find for the most part, it doesn't practically work. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot. It's very stressful. Your little one might get overtired in the process. Your little one might be going to daycare. They might be in daycare or a nursery school where they have a set schedule and that strategy isn't possible to begin with. I've tried doing it with my kids in the past and it just never worked. It never flew with them. I wasn't able to pull it off. And so I find that the easiest way, not the easiest, the least, the the most, the least stressful Way to attack daylight savings is just to go with the flow, the week up to it, stick with your normal regular schedule, and then go into that plan that I outlined once daylight savings comes. Um, and I'm I'm glad that people have asked me this question because I know that moms can sometimes get really stressed that their little one is in daycare and they don't have the ability to sh- spend the week shifting their whole their little one's schedule later. And then They feel like they're completely screwed come daylight savings. I want you to know that for the most part, I would say a lot of the time, it's not necessary. It doesn't always work. It sometimes just adds more stress to your life than necessary. And that the easier way out is to just deal with it when the time comes. So anyways, if you stick with the strategy that I laid out in terms of shifting your little one's schedule later, I find that this usually takes a few days, maybe, maybe, maybe up to a week for your little one to get. I mean, I remember just last year when JJ was a little bit over two, that the daylight savings hit Sunday morning. Sunday morning, he was up at the crack of dawn. By Wednesday morning, he was completely back on track. So I want you to know that even though it's really, really sucky, and even though we should probably all be writing our particular governments, begging them to end such a ridiculous practice. By the way, I've heard that in some places in the world, they don't have daylight savings anymore, which sounds absolutely glorious. So I think that if you want to put your efforts towards something, try and petition your government to end this ridiculous nonsense. But in the meantime, until they get rid of it, this is the best plan that I would suggest that you implement. And so if you are struggling with your little one's sleep, if they are waking you up all night long, if early rising is the least of your problems, if you are spending forever getting your little one to fall asleep and they're waking you up at night and they're giving you short naps, I want you to know that I have a free master class that you can watch that will take you through how to get your little one consistently sleeping 11 to 12 hours at night. So you can feel like a functioning human again. And so I will post that link for you so that you can go and watch it right now. That's about it. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with a friend who can benefit from it. I also love hearing from my listeners, so feel free to DM me on Instagram at mysleepingbaby or send me an email at eva at mysleepingbaby.com. Until next time, have a wonderful, restful night.